Good Lord, yeah, man. man. Yeah. This is what the World Cup is about. Come on in, folks. Welcome back to the Give and Go. I'm your co-host, Reynoso, here with my boy. Soltero, what is up, guys? USA did whale. <laughs> <laughs> At least for one half. At, At least for least one for half. half. So let's let's start with probably the best game of the day. Easily, bro. probably the best Easily. game of the tournament. So yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, one hundred percent, man. USA Wales. What a game! And what's funny? A tale as old as time. A tale of oh, yeah, dude. Oh yeah, black and white as far as performances for both sides. U.S. with one of the most dominant first half performances. I have ever seen the U.S. put on in any tournament, in any game. Probably, like, since when they dismantled my beautiful Mexico. Like, probably since yes, that half. Yeah, yeah, like very similar then, to that, bro. This was probably their best half of football. Dude. So, they were looking great, man. Amazing. They were looking great. Really tight passing, really good runs, good combination. Musa McKinney getting mm. really good tiki-taka-type touches in that midfield, man. And then, obviously, you had Captain America himself, Christian Pulisic, oh, just driving in, uh, driving in those lines. Lions, bro, and center forward, man, Josh Sargent, putting in what I've seen as the best performance of his career in a U.S. men's national yeah, shirt. He was great. No, he, he was, was incredible. Great. Did you see what he did on the build-up to that goal, which we might as well just talk Let's about talk now, talk about it, bro. He, he used his body, bro. Dude. I didn't know he had that attribute, man. Yeah. He shielded the ball, and then he handed it off to, I think it was Pulisic, who then just unleashed himself, went solo, and the minute he had that much space in front of him, I was like... It's 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 Captain American time. Yeah, man. yeah. what's he gonna it's do? What's, what's he, he gonna, gonna do? do here? And exactly, it's exactly that. His timing on that pass leading to Timothy Weah, yeah. Timothy Weah, they call him because <laughs> he is that guy. Yeah. And the way he received the ball, he kind of delayed it a little bit, waited for it to get across his body, and then he just shifts Boom. it over into that corner. It was a beauty of a goal. Beautiful, Beautiful man. Goal, and USA dude. goes up one 0 Yeah, it was an absolutely incredible goal. The buildup, as you said, was absolutely gorgeous and i lost my shit in that moment because it was the perfect way to end what was an incredible 30 minutes up until that point for the u.s man because we had to get a goal going in that yeah, half it was yeah. so dominant for us bro and wales were nowhere to be seen i remember you made a comment when we were watching the game 25 minutes in and we were like have wales been in our defensive in the final third, third. in the final not. third they exactly and they hadn't all they could do at best was like maybe get it to bail for like a split second and then he'd have to drop it back. Our defense, our off the ball movement, and obviously our possession was absolutely incredible in that first half, man. Yeah, it was, it was ridiculous. Really solid. I'm gonna read some of these these comments here. Uh, Aaron Huey, that was an amazing first half. Yeah. Saul Lopez, first half had my Mexican pride scared. That's exactly, <laughs> that's exactly what's going on for me, man. I was I was looking at this team like, God damn yeah. it, man. Yeah, God yeah. damn it. They were playing. They're playing really well, man. Yeah. Um, Sergio, I don't think Pulisic had a single good cross. I actually agree. I agree, man. His crosses. Yes. His crosses today were bizarre, man. Every corner kick he took was short or too long. Mm -hmm. And then when he was on the flank sending a ball in. I just wouldn't find anybody, bro. Yeah, I was actually, yeah, I, I was waiting to save that for later, but I guess I'll say it now. To be a little bit critical of Pulisic, I actually thought it was his one of his most least effective games. Usually, when Pulisic is at his best, he rides that line, receives the ball, and then penetrates. But he was actually a lot better in a more central position, finding space and looking to pass it. He actually was not good out yeah, wide, man. bro. He yeah. really wasn't, and it really showed with just really ineffective crossing. Yeah, man. Hey, let me let me get a pull in here, Rudd, producer Rudd. Give me. Who makes it at a group B? I want to know where people stand on this right now. USA or Wales, because after what happened to Iran today, I don't think we're going to consider them as potential candidates yeah, to get out of this group. And so we'll get there. We'll get there. Jesus, but for man. now, USA, Wales, I want to know where people stand on that. It's so, it, oh no, so many yellow cards. Yeah. So many yeah. yellow cards. So many stoppages, too. Tell the people what you told me today about what FIFA is doing this time around in the FIFA World Cup with uh, additional oh, yeah. minutes. I mean, yeah, if you notice in the, in the England game especially, there was 14 minutes tacked on at the end of one half. They're just trying to be as realistic as possible, apparently, as far as time wasted or time not being spent playing football. And they apparently try and time it as accurate as they can and then tack it on at the end of the half. So we're seeing eight minutes as like the average yeah, for like man. time being added on at the end of that second half. It's pretty insane. But honestly, it's <laughs> it's kind of weird because usually in that 90th minute, it's like max five minutes. Now we're like, once you get to the 90th, you're almost guaranteed 
10 yeah. more minutes. Yeah. So it's almost like you should expect the stop clock to end at 100 minutes now instead of 90, which is kind of weird it's to think weird. about because yeah. obviously that is this has never happened in any other league, in any other tournament. So it is just confusing my football yeah. mind because I'm just like, I'm so used to 90 or like 95 max, but we're yeah. like consistently getting into the 100 now. Dude, yeah, it's messing with my wiring of yeah. how like I watch games right now. But yeah. these players are playing their hearts out too, bro. Yeah. Playing their hearts out. Second half comes around. Mm. Second half comes around, and we see a completely different Welsh teams. Mm -hmm. Welsh team. Yeah. They show up and they start slowly chipping away at the United States, yeah. slowly just gaining momentum on them, and this eventually built up all the way up until the 82nd minute <laughs> yeah. when uh, yeah. Zimmerman had that really sloppy slide tackle on uh, yeah. on Gareth Bell. Yeah, at first look, I was like, maybe he got his body in front, but no, it, it was a clear pen, in my opinion, pretty clumsy from Zimmerman's perspective because he just kind of lashed his body towards the ball, yeah. and the thing is, Bale got there first, so it's just like, did he really have to do that? Obviously, no, but in the heat of the moment, knowing that Wales were continually pressing on their goal, I think Zimmerman got a little desperate. Just a little bit, hoping he could get to that ball first to make sure the ball would be cleared. And Bale got there first and drew yeah, the penalty. Yeah, man. And then he, the way he made that penalty, too, was just was pretty world-class. It was unstoppable, man. Dude, and the build-up to that penalty, man, I was nervous for <laughs> Bale, and I was rooting for the U.S. Because when you think about everything and what this game meant for Wales as a country or as a state— this was the biggest goal that they've had in 64 years since their last World Cup appearance, true, man. True. It's absolutely incredible. And specifically for Bale, who has never really had a successful international career, given the opportunity to save Wales from losing this game, knowing he had to make this shot. Dude, there's a ton of pressure on that ton shit. Of pressure. If he doesn't make it, they're done. Yeah, they're and, out. And the thing is, when you look around the rest of the, that Welsh squad, he knows he's the only one who's taking that penalty. He has had that pressure his entire career as soon as he made his debut for Tottenham. As <laughs> soon as he stepped foot on a yeah. Premier League pitch, yeah. Bale was set to become the best Welsh player to have ever lived. And that all led up to that incredible penalty moment. And he put it away beautifully. Yeah, yeah. And it made so much yeah. sense. A guy who's won so many Champions League with Real Madrid, just a man with... Absolute an absolutely illustrious career putting that penalty away like it was nothing. Yeah, dude, it was it was dope. Like seeing how they celebrated that goal too. Yeah. The fans, so many Welsh fans, by the way, dude, showed the fuck up to the game. That, that end, that My that right end God. was dope, dude. Yeah, it was menacing. Yeah, and then I, I mentioned it before that if. If Wales, if perhaps they don't make it out of the group, then the shining moment for them will be that one moment where they get a goal, mm. and if it's Gareth Bale, then even more. And that felt like a really special moment, man. Yeah. If they end up not making it out, based off of what our viewers are projecting, by the way, because in the poll I said who makes it out of Group B, 130 votes, USA 65%. Okay. 65%, okay. Wales 35%. Yeah. So if they don't make it out of the group, they still have that moment at the very least where they were able to tie a game in the last 10 minutes and just have this amazing celebration. Yeah. Really good to see. And like you said, so much time has passed since the last World Cup. It was, it was truly a moment. And uh, Big moment, man. one thing that stood out to me was just how aggressive and back and forth this game was, man. Yeah, the intensity, so the intensity was so, so high. Yeah. And you saw that these players were just leaving it all out on the pitch. Yeah. And that's why I started this show by saying like, this is this is a World Cup match right here. Yeah, it finally felt like the World Cup officially arrived with this game, man. Yes, dude. these players were giving everything out on the line, and the ref got involved. Yeah, the ref it, got, it, involved. got involved. Got involved. Do we want to talk about the ref here? Several bad decisions, yeah. in my opinion. I thought he was really quick to pull a couple of yellow cards early on. It just so happened, to, I guess, to be on U.S. players. Uh, but other than that. I mean, I thought he just made a lot of inconsistent calls specifically, whether he would stop the game for weird reasons and then not stop them for the same reasons, give yellow cards for a foul and then not give it for the same foul yeah, later on. I just consistent. hated the inconsistency yeah. that this ref possessed. 
He, at the end of the day, I think he made the big decisions correctly. Thankfully, he didn't give out any red cards, fortunately, and he did call the penalty correctly. No controversy there. So I think 1-1, he didn't affect the result at the end of the day. But refereeing, as far as the whole 90, yeah, that was super spotty. Was spotty, Super spotty. spotty. Yeah. And if that's like a bigger game, knockout stage, like round of 16 quarterfinal game, I'd probably be a little bit more mad. More mad. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah, let me read some of these comments once again. Sam J2002, ref was awful, man. Wells was flopping all game. <laughs> Nico Williams, Nico Williams. <laughs> Dude, he hey, flopped like, like five times. He was really good at it, though. Dude, really good I, at I it. honestly was applauding him. I was like, damn, he knows how to, like, <laughs> juice the moment, man. Get the most out of every foul. <laughs> yeah, he does. He, know, he really knows how to do that. Um, <laughs> sour man, Iran scored more goals than USA and Wells combined. <laughs> Oh, well, I, I, guess, yeah, technically, I guess technically, technically, tied, yeah. yeah, tied it, tied it. Um, where was Gio Reyna? Yeah. The, where? Why, why didn't he come on for like Pulisic, for example, who was begging for a break? At, yeah, at, like, he looked the 75th really minute. tired to come that 80th, 75th yeah. minute. He did. I don't know. All I know is that going into the tournament, he had like a slight knock, right? So maybe Burhalter's just saving him. Saving him maybe for the England game, knowing that maybe that's the bigger game, quote unquote. But at the end of the day, you know, if you win that first game, 84% of the time you go through. Yep. So maybe this was the bigger game. I think Berhalter knew this was a bigger game. But again, I don't know. I don't think anybody knows realistically why Reyna didn't even see the pitch today. I, I have no yeah, idea. Bizarre. Yeah, especially with how many subs. They used all five subs. And yeah. how many players got to see minutes. It surprised me that Gio was one that didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Another uh, surprise, I guess, from the squad selection for the U.S., even though he played really well, Timothy Weah. I actually did not see him starting. I, I could have sworn it. I would have either been uh, Reyna or Brendan Aronson, but Weah actually did pretty good consistently staying out wide, and he got in some really good touches and had some really excellent plays, whether it was just penetrating. Even his crosses were actually pretty good. I thought he was really effective from that offensive line point of view yeah. for Wea. So yeah. uh, at the end of the day, I thought it was a good move to start him. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. yeah especially That surprised me at first, getting the start over Aronson or, yeah. uh, or Reyna at that point. I was yeah. like, really surprised by him, but he, beautiful goal that he scored. On the other side, though, man, Kiefer Moore played like prime Zlatan, bro. Yes. It was incredible performance. It was incredible. That back heel pass that went oh by God. two USA players yeah. to eventually feed Johnson, I believe. Yeah. That was insane. Yeah, and I, that's the thing. Another surprise from the Welsh point of view, he didn't start, which was weird because when you looked at their offensive line, they didn't actually have a true number nine. So I think Robert Page completely got it wrong in that first half as far as his offensive line oh, was concerned, sure. man. Because yeah. you're right. As soon as Kiefer Moore came on in that second half, Wales had a striker to look to. They had someone to target, but not only did they have that, more delivered. More <laughs> he, de every, he was feeling himself he, today, bro, man. He caught him on a good day. Dude, they caught him on a great day. Every time he touched the ball, he's just like, all right, he knows exactly <laughs> where the defenders are, and he's, he knew exactly where he wanted to pass that yeah. ball. It was ridiculous. His field vision was phenomenal, but also his execution. Every time he got the ball, realistically, the U.S. defenders could not get it off of him. Yeah, dude, I was honestly surprised he wasn't able to finish that corner, that corner kick that yeah. fell right to him. Yeah. He should have made that. He should have made but the that. The way he was feeling, I was surprised that he didn't score that. He should have made that that chance. Yeah. <sighs> That's yeah, so true. Man. Yeah, let me keep looking through here. What's some other questions that we could have potentially? Looking forward, what does this mean? It means that the best team, the team that performs best against both Iran and England will ultimately qualify. So goal difference will probably get involved. Yep. But that England match is probably going to be the best one. If we're assuming that both Wales and Iran, if both if both Wales and the United States beat Iran, yeah. then that England game is going to define this whole tournament, this whole yeah. group stage for these guys. Yeah. So USA faces them next, and England is coming off of this crazy six-two victory. Yeah. It's going to be the the it's going to be the the biggest focus for this US squad to get a result, if possible, from this English team. Yeah, that's going to be such an insane game because there's going to be so much on the line. I think from a USA fan, like, point of view, I'd be ha really happy with a draw. Like, really, really happy. And I think you could actually use that to propel yourself to have a good performance against Iran. Losing against England would put a lot of 
of pressure to score a lot of goals against Iran, and I don't want that going into that game. Because if we can tie England, then maybe we can hope that England beats Wales 1-0 or something like that, or 2-1, whatever. Yeah. And at that point, we'll take care of business and at least beat Iran, and that'll give us our best path to get out of this group. But either way, it's going to be really difficult, man. Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. Should we talk about the England game now, or do you want to? is there anything oh, else you want to yeah. share about the U.S.? One last thing I actually want to talk about the game from just an analytical point of view. It's funny because... So let's talk about the USA as a team. You know, going into this World Cup, one of the youngest sides, I think what they had like seven players under the age of 23 starting. Tyler Adams, captain of this team at 23 years of age, the youngest uh, American captain to play at a World Cup since like 1950. Some bullshit like that. It's absolutely yeah. And ridiculous. the only reason the average boosted, booted up to twenty five today was because of Tim Ream. Yeah, it, yeah, it, exactly. Yeah. yeah, Tim Ream's a complete veteran out there when you compare him to all the kids that are playing around <laughs> him. But one of their biggest points of contention for the U.S. was: was this experience going to play a factor? They had poor away performances, kind of in World Cup qualification, but when they were really good. The U.S. were really, really good. And it's funny because we saw both sides of the U.S. in one game today. Literally. It's absolutely insane that we got to see that because I was wondering if we'd see it like throughout the group stage. But we got to see the entire like scope of what this USA team is about within a singular 90 minutes. That first half, absolutely electric every single player on form, and even putting a little bit of flair. There's a time when Weah just sized up one of the defenders. I think it was Mepham, and he just started flicking his leg a little bit. Come get the ball because you can't touch it. It was, it was crazy. The, the, the confidence, the confidence of some of these American start, players. Yeah. Is, yeah, dude, these, yeah. these American players have so much confidence, but they can back it up because they truly are so skilled. And I said that in that preview for the United States. This is the most talented USA team we've ever seen. I think... That was exemplified in that first half, 100%. Then the second half comes, and we truly see a team who just doesn't have experience. They did not know how to handle an increasing pressure from the opponent. After dominating for 45 minutes, you think you're going to just come out and do the same type of thing, but you have to adapt. You have to be able to adapt to a little bit more pressure, to a little bit higher press defensively, and they didn't, man. And it kind of really showed for me because when that when the midfield starts losing possession a lot and they're losing those 50-50 battles, you usually look to a veteran. You usually look to a guy who's been in this situation before, but between Musa, McKinney, and Adams, they've never done yeah, this before. Yeah, yeah. And so they have no one to look to. And even when you look at back, only Tim Ream has the experience. And so out of those seven players who are trying to protect (laughs) the goal, only one of them has even remotely done it to this type of level. And so I think it really showed in that second half. I I bet you a lot of people are going to say that the USA like crumbled or the USA really faltered. And they did. But I'm going to be a little bit more, maybe less critical here in the sense that I actually am going to put a lot more praise on Wales. I think Wales, I don't know what Robert Page did in that halftime, but he really rallied these guys, put on Kiefer Moore. I think that's maybe the bigger thing. And Wales came out here and put on an incredible second-half performance. And now I want to talk a little bit about Wales because in that Welsh preview, I talked about like the two things that Wales could be. They could either be a Panama and get <laughs> completely done yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. And it was looking that way after the first half, brother. Exactly. Yeah. Or – they could be themselves in 2016 and just put on a, a phenomenal performance. And just like the U.S., we saw both sides of what Wales yeah. could be at this tournament. Yeah. Dude, that first half, dude, they were terrible. They really were, uh, like, excruciatingly bad. The USA completely dominated this Welsh team. Second half, though, as you said, slowly, they just chipped at this USA team, got possession. And once Bale scored that penalty, those last 10 minutes— I actually thought Wales mm-hmm. were going to get a second mm-hmm. and that they were going to steal this. But I would not have been surprised because, dude, their pressure just kept building and building and building. But I think that's just a bigger testament to how talented this team is in general. Um, but not only that, I think it's a bigger idea of how good European teams actually are at this tournament, man. I don't think you can ride out any European team, even the weakest in what I would consider to be Wales. Because at the end of the day, yes, they may be a little bit more inconsistent than let's say a Switzerland or a Serbia, 
but they still have Premier League talent. Mm-hmm. They still have a guy mm-hmm. and a legend like Gareth Bale, and you can never count that out, especially in a tournament like this. Yeah. So I'm really, I'm really, I'm really glad we got to see these kind of two faces of both teams. Both teams showed both, both sides. Ca- both yeah. sides, bro. Yeah. yeah. So, and I think ultimately that's what ended up making it a really fun game. Because it was pr- unpredictable, man. Yeah, yeah. And, like in the 60th minute, I was like, what the fuck is going to happen? Because <laughs> Wales are looking really good right now. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, I'm just really, really impressed from both sides, honestly. And also uh, really concerned for both sides. Mm-hmm. Have no idea what's going to happen. That USA-England game is going to be ridiculous. I liked it because I think about you know being here in the States. I think a lot about how the American people are going to view this game. This is the game that's going to be most viewed for Americans at this point. And I think it was a good game to showcase to the casual fans of the sport that are just tuning in because it's the World Cup. A back-and-forth game like this where we see the good sides of the U.S. and also the bad sides. Yeah. I'm just thinking about all those people that were at bars, that are at watch parties watching this this game. Oh, yeah. And kind of building up to the England game now because they see that this team has some fight in them. There's and some has quality. some talent, especially after that, after that amazing first goal. Yeah. It's going to be really interesting to see how things pan out this Friday, right? It's yeah, Friday, this Friday, yeah. 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 This Friday. Against the mighty England who put on an absolute show against Iran. A show, dude. A absolute show. 6-2 to two in their first World Cup match. What a statement to make. Everyone getting involved, man. Yeah. Marcus Rashford, Harry Kane assisting, Sterling getting his goal. Yeah. Bukayo Saka getting himself a brace as well. Yeah. It was amazing to see all these goals turn in for, for England. Grealish getting involved. Grealish getting involved. <laughs> so many people got involved, man. But, dude, was, honestly, I was really impressed because I think England showed up and performed better than even most people were expecting them to. The English have arrived, my friend. And I think this performance alone has told the rest of these 32 nations that England are here to make a deep run. And I, that, I don't even need to say more than just go watch the highlights. Go or go watch the game. If you've already watched the game, this performance was ridiculous, man. It, like you said, it was they, they entertained. It was like a circus. They put on a play, man. <laughs> like Iran were just yeah. players and England were toying yeah, with oh, yeah. them, man. Oh, yeah. It was really bad, actually, from like a competitive standpoint, because England were miles oh, ahead. Dude, it was like the 50th minute. We were like, if Iran was told that they could end the match right here 3-0, They'd probably say yes. They would take it. They'd probably take it. Iran would have been like, we are getting embarrassed <laughs> out here. Get me out of the stadium. We'll look to go play. Yeah. We'll look to go play Wales in four days. Yeah. Please. Yeah. And it, yeah, it was really, really bad. Yeah. But, dude, England were absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. The combination play, and I think specifically Jude Bellingham, man. I want to talk Let's about talk his Let's talk about play. my boy. Let's Please. talk about your boy, man. Let's talk about your boy Please. because I know I remember in the buildup to this, there was questions of, what would the role be for Jude Bellingham specifically? Knowing that Declan Rice was going to be the other midfielder, I was wondering who was Southgate going uh, going to put as that third midfielder? I had maybe predicted that he'd go with a back three. He ended up not doing that. So he went with Mason Mount, which actually allowed Jude Bellingham to roam. Because Mount is a really good box-to-box midfielder, in my opinion. Can get involved offensively, but is not afraid to do a lot of the defensive work. Declan Rice is the holding midfielder for this English side. And so it allowed Jude Bellingham to just go off, man. Dude, making runs into the box, looking for crosses, trying to get big. But then himself, when he's on the ball, looking for those incisive passes. Or, hell, even dribbling, trying to get past two or three players. Jude Bellingham literally did it all today. And I love that Southgate just let him go. He said, look, Bellingham, you're actually going to play more of an attacking role for us this tournament. Have fun brother yeah. and fun he yeah. did have that, that was my concern <laughs> coming in that i was i was worried that he might be played as too too defensively yeah knowing that he has so many good offensive attributes but yeah. this game showed me that he's gonna find ways to get involved getting that first goal for england was huge but his maturity man yeah. he looks like he's 39 instead of 19 dude yeah. he's been playing for decades the decades. way I, the way i saw him out there yeah he fits in perfectly into this england squad and honestly i think he's an upgrade from what they used to have in that position man. i think so after what they've had in the past four years bellingham is gonna be that guy uh, yeah. he probably added a good 20 million to his transfer fee <laughs> with that performance <laughs> yeah yeah no absolutely but i want to bring up a even i want to bring up my own agenda right okay. because in the build-up to to this tournament i was i've been claiming that jude bellingham is the best teenager in europe you have your boy jamal musiala and yeah, for that I reason do. i want to i want to request a poll from producer rudd who is the better teenager that's going to be the title and you're going to put bellingham and Musiala. Musiala is M-U-S-I-A-L. I'll tell you in a second. Yeah. <laughs> Who How old is, is Chuamani? 
She it was like Kamavinga's 19, I think. I don't know. Yeah, Kamavinga's, yeah, 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 I think yeah. he's still under 20. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Jude's my guy. He's Jude's my guy. guy. He's my t- he's my yeah. guy. He might 19, be my guy now. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I loved how he performed on the big stage once yeah. again. He's been doing it in the Champions League this season as well for mm-hmm. Dortmund. And I've been so impressed with him every single time. To me, he's the best European talent that's a teenager. And I want to know how the chat feels about this one. Musiala, <laughs> Balenciaga. Uh, Musiala, I'll tell you how to spell it. Go, go to the pool. Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. We got a dollar donation. Shout out CM Pro. Hey, appreciate Shout that, Shout out brother. CM Pro. Really appreciate, appreciate that, that man. Even I really if it's do. a penny, 10 cents, we appreciate any sort of support towards the channel. Yeah. And shout out to you guys that are currently watching us. We're at 460 people right now. Mm-hmm. Let's see the comment section. We got Felix Gutierrez saying Bellingham with an exclamation mark. Yeah. Jordan Torres saying Musiala. Uh, Pradnes Surendran. It was such a delight watching England play. Dude. I know it was against Iran, but their youngsters were just too good. Good to see Rashford and Saka score for England. You know, I actually I completely agree with that because England could have come out here, just got one, two goals, call it a day, and it still would have been a positive result. But instead, they chose to go full throttle and make a huge statement. And I think that's actually really important because it tells you the emotions that are in this English camp. They're really high, man. The vibes are super positive. I am loving how England have started this tournament, man. Absolutely love it. And again, even though it was against Iran, they should have won either way. I love how they dazzled today. Absolutely loved it. And on the other side, though, I want to talk about Iran. Let's talk about their starting lineup because we compare them to what we had projected to start. And it was a slightly different lineup with uh, Carlos Queiroz coming back into the team, replacing Skocic. You have... Taremi and Jahambash starting. Yeah. And no Asmu. No Asmu, no man. And that, well, that's another thing is that when Iran have been really impressive in this Asian qualification these last couple of years, they've low-key played with like four attacking players. Asmu, Taremi, Jahambash, and Golizadeh. Yeah, yeah. And Queiroz decided to go super defensive and only play two out of those four players, choosing to play Purale Ganji out wide instead of Golizadeh, mm-hmm. and then not choosing to play Esatolahi, playing Karimi, who hasn't really yep. played for them, and Cheshmi, Cheshmi instead of Kalizadeh or Kanani, yeah. who ended up coming on. All three of those players that we just mentioned ended They're up coming, coming on, on yeah. in the second half because he realized, ah, oh, shit. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to defend against England. We should, And that that's what really frustrates me me about Iran's setup with I and I wonder what Kato's really thought going into this game because it was so defensive from the get-go but that setup was so different from what made them successful in the qualification so it's like they they trial ran with a different team and once they got to the big stage they completely changed it yeah it's like where's that chemistry build up with those four attacking players that you would trust in the qualification like if it worked then why change it but I've, I've always really been outspoken and negative about coaching changes right before a tournament, man. Yeah. Has it ever worked realistically, man? No. And I, I don't understand it. I know I think most Iranians were actually happy that Skocic mm-hmm. ended up getting said, fired. Yeah, on the deep dives and the comments, they were talking about how they were – they saw that as a positive. They but, saw it as a yeah. positive, and I just completely disagree, man. Kados didn't play a single qualification game, man. Like, that's, that's so concerning. <laughs> it, it makes no sense. And honestly, I think it showed the day because – Dude, obviously the quality wasn't there, but we saw Iran in 2018 when they had oh, Gatos yeah. for four yeah. full years. They were, had a much better identity in that group stage in Russia. Today, what I saw was an Iranian team who looked lost out there for the most part, man. They obviously didn't have the quality, but their defensive shape was pretty bad, and even their defensive pressure was really erratic and sloppy, in my opinion. Low-key, they just threw bodies at these English players. As soon as an English player got past one, it was field day for them. Because at that point, it was open season. (laughs) Because at that point, they're breaking lines. And obviously, it ended up working because they got six fucking goals on this Iranian team. Man. Yeah. Somehow, though, Taremi got two goals. He got himself a brace. <laughs> he got himself a brace. And ultimately, yeah, Asmund came on. And we were wondering if like, maybe he had a knock or something. Yeah. And he had an opportunity. But Pickford came up with an incredible save. Yeah. Fingertip save. Hits the post. Goes out. Uh, outside of that, though, uh, yeah, England took over. Oh, man, we're getting some uh, donations here. I, I must acknowledge them. Acknowledge, acknowledge. Aaron Huey, for five bucks. Appreciate that, brother. Thank you, Aaron. Thank really you. appreciate Thank that. Thank you, man. And then another one from Arish Ekahar. 
Iran lost on pur purpose. Government holds wives slash kids hostage. And that is another thing. The uh, A big moment at the beginning of the game before kickoff was no Iranian player or staff member sang the national anthem. Mm -hmm. So there's definitely some politics going on. And I can s definitely see how that's just going to affect the it mentality. Yeah, it like help. it doesn't it doesn't yeah. help. And it, the, the whole thing's really unfortunate. So, yeah, I guess we could definitely be a little bit less critical because there are bigger things probably on yeah. these Iranian players yeah, minds than, sure. than, than than the football game. Results of the who is the better teenager poll. Bellingham, 71 percent. Musiala, 29 percent. Bro, I love how reactionary we all are. I love it. Cause <laughs> I'm exactly like that. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Musiala's probably going to have a good game and I'll do the same poll then. And we'll see what happens. And then we just and then we have to average it out like that. That's the only way to get true yeah. true equality. But here. also I think Bellingham has a lot better players alongside him, to be honest. So okay. I think Bellingham okay. might look better in general. I'm just gonna be okay. I'm gonna be a little All bit more right. fair. Right. But he has better marketing though, He has better guys. marketing, <laughs> man. I mean you have Bukayo Saka to like feed, man. Yeah, yeah. And we have Harry Kane in front of you. That's that's insane. Oh my what two hundred fifty dollars, but but I don't understand the currency. Varun Raja, love from India. Mm -hmm. What do you guys think of the chances of the losing teams turning up in the next few games? Is it football? After all, you never know what happens. What if like Iran beat out Wales and the USA? Okay, okay. So he's asking like if the teams that lost it so far, if there's a chance for them to just wake the fuck up and start yeah. challenging these other teams. I think there's actually a shout for it. I think specifically for Iran because they do have quality. I think Kados just needs to have a better game plan going into these games. Stick to what works. Start Golisadek, right? Yeah. Maybe no. Did you see that assist he had? Yeah, dude, yeah, ridiculous, yeah. man. A perfect reverse ball basically meg the English defender. Yeah. Like, come on, man. He probably, he probably <laughs> made that assist and then just looked over his shoulder like, you see that? You, you see that? God damn. That's what I'm Had saying. Had me rotting man. on the bench for like 70 minutes. 70 minutes, bro. So stick to what really works for this Iranian side because as we previewed, they're so much more than just a defensive team. Um, so, I, yeah, absolutely. I think if Iran can collect themselves, focus on what's to come, they can take advantage of what are inconsistent teams in both the USA mm -hmm. and Wales. Mm -hmm. Maybe they get a draw or maybe they end up being spoilers for one of those teams, man. I don't think Iran are done from a competitive perspective, but I still don't see them getting out of the group. Nah, I'm, I'm, I'm not yeah, going to get carried away there. Yeah, they're not going to get out. Yeah. Um, the Wales-Iran game will be interesting. Same with the USA. Both those teams have to beat Iran. They have to. That's where Iran does have a chance to play spoiler here and yeah. end the hopes and dreams of one of these two teams if it just ends up being really tight up until the very end. Albert Cardenas, $2. Man of the match for USMT, uh, for the U.S. national team. Turner or Robinson for me is what he's selecting. Ooh, Robinson was so active, yeah. man. Oh, Jedi. my God, dude. Yeah. Super, super active. But, I mean, he, dude, he's been doing that for the last two, three years. So no surprise there from his performances. I, yeah. I love Anthony Robinson's style of play, and it really adds to what – it really adds to the style that Greg Berhalter has tried to employ these last four years. Um but oh wait, <laughs> yeah, no, it's just, I just want, he, he donated. He donated a couple dollars, oh, okay. so I want to acknowledge the comment, man. You <laughs> donate a little bit, we'll acknowledge it for no, sure. Absolutely. So we go over to the Senegal versus Netherlands match. That's that's the last one. Yeah, yeah. Group no, A, no. the the two teams remaining played against each other, and it was a tight one. It was a bit even a, a bit of a stalemate for a while, being drawn zero zero for like eighty minutes mm -hmm. until finally Frankie De Jong sends in a beautiful curling pass. That finds none other, none other than Cody Gakpo, yeah. the uh, PSV Eindhoven star. Yeah. Beautiful header, back of the net. Mm -hmm. Second goal comes around. A weird Mendy mistake happens, and Netherlands ends up winning 2-0. Yeah, 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 yeah. A weird mistake, but either way, the Dutch did get the win at the end of the day, and I think deserved it. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to be honest here, man. Uh, what happened in that Senegal-Netherlands game is exactly what I predicted to actually occur. No surprises here. I have the Netherlands topping this group. And to top a group, you have to beat the next best teams in said group. So I had them beating Senegal. But in our Senegal preview, one big thing I said is no matter who Senegal play, they grind. Senegal, and I think it definitely showed. 80 minutes of just pure physical football that's what senegal offer you when you have to face them and dude uh, even though the dutch maybe had a little bit more possession possibly dude it was labored for them they had to work and realistically 
other than a couple of chances early on in the game, as you said, for that big bulk of the middle of the game, there were no chances on either side because Senegal said, look, you're not going to get past us. You can try, but you're not going to. And it took a worldie from Dion to go over the top of the back line and a, a, actually a crazy run and jump from Gakpo yeah. to get yeah. there first and ahead of Mendy for the Dutch to actually break the deadlock, like man. NFL wide receiver, man. He yeah, jumped <laughs> you jumped high, high man. man. High. Yeah. Really yeah. high. Yeah, they had that opportunity like four minutes in where if that was Gakpo a big could have just put the right weight on the ball, yeah. Bergvin could Bergbein could have just easily knocked that ball in, but it didn't happen. And after that moment, I mean, even Senegal for like those first 20 minutes was attacking a little bit. They were in Netherlands' final third, yeah. imposing themselves. But I don't know, man. I get I, The thing that worries me about Senegal is that I never really saw – I saw a lot of good creation. I didn't see any good finishing, man. All these right. opportunities they put up against the goal – just really concerned me. I didn't see that ultimate end product in. Sadio Mane's missing. The guy that's been known for his end product, for both creation and finishing. He's definitely missing. And you don't have that source. You don't have that reference to be able to score goals anymore. Yeah. Dia had a good opportunity there, trying to slide into the corner of the net, but yeah. uh, I don't remember his name, the Nuns goalkeeper. What was his name? Oh, uh, it was like a uh, Nobert or something. Nobert, like yeah, that. yeah, it wasn't Pasvier. <laughs> no, it yeah. wasn't Pasvier. Yeah, but uh, he came through for the Netherlands squad yeah, yeah, for yeah. the Dutch. Overall, though, the Senegalese offensive system, I thought, just fell a little short this game, man. But don't they always? Right? Don't don't Senegal are they're notorious for not having an effective offense. Even when Mane's on the pitch, they rarely score more than two goals. And even two goals is a luxury from an offensive perspective for Senegal. So that's why I'm not surprised by this at all because I don't see Senegal as a better team than the Netherlands. So I don't expect them to get anything off of this Dutch team. They did what I thought they would do. And that's grind, be incredibly physical. Idris Agana Gay and Nempalis Mendy, I thought, had a very good game as the two holding midfielders for the Senegalese team. Very active, got on the ball a lot, but their, their shadow defending was excellent. Always tracking back and making it very hard for a lot of these Dutch midfielders and forwards to truly get a lot of combination play. I think De Jong had a really, really good game. Oh, he was great. But besides that, no other Dutch midfielder really had a lot of time on the ball. Berghaus was good and effective in short spells, but throughout the entire game, he had to really labor to get the ball. And that was by design from a Senegal perspective. I thought they defended pretty much near perfectly, but even that, I think they're lesser than their Dutch superiors is essentially mm -hmm. what I'm saying. Yeah. So if you want to look at the Senegalese team going forward, because I think that's where you want to go with this. That's exactly where, that's exactly where I want to <laughs> go with this. I think that's where you want to go with this. I'm not worried. I still have Senegal getting out of this group because you got to be worried, man. It's you losing your first game in the in the World Cup, regardless of who you face, is not a good thing, that's man. True. That's true. That's true. That, no, that's and very true. We're, and we're talking about them having offensive issues. Now is the time to step up. You have two games remaining. Yeah, you're saying they will. Not offensively. What I am saying is that their defense is going to give Ecuador insane problems. Dude, Koulibaly is Miley Jacobs when he came on. Diallo Toure when he started, and Sabali were. In very good defensively, and I mean very, very good. Um, and I and, and maybe I'm underestimating Ecuador, and we'll find out. I'm curious to see how the Ecuadorian offensive line handles this level of physicality. I'm very curious. You don't think Safi is on Kulabai's level? <laughs> <laughs> From Qatar, you don't think Safi's Qatar is on Kulabai's level? That's what I'm no, saying, I'm man. Of course, of course. Yeah, it, 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 I, I get that. I get what you're saying. I get it, mm -hmm. but. I'm also just going off of history and how winning your first game in the World Cup can be so beneficial. You said the percent. 86% of the time, the team that wins their first game goes through. That's super scary, and man. And I think the 14% who don't <laughs> is because they played the weakest team in the group first. Okay. okay. That's where I think that stat okay. comes into okay. play. I think Qatar is leagues, leagues under Senegal and the Netherlands. I think Ecuador are going to have a very difficult game come when they play Senegal then. Okay. So I, I still am not worried from Senegal defensively. Now, now, I'll give you this. Offensively, even against Ecuador, I think Senegal are going to struggle. Absolutely. Hell, they, they, they might even struggle against Qatar. <laughs> but I still, I still have them beating Qatar because, for example, Ismail, they have to. Ismail they Asara have to. actually had a pretty, had, had very good spells throughout this game against the Dutch. Oh, yeah. Just going down that wing, using his speed, using his athleticism. And he actually got past some of the Dutch defenders a couple of times. But, as you said, there was no end product. So it, it ultimately never led to anything. But they're going to have to fix that come 
that Ecuador game 100%, and I'll give you that. So offensively, I am a little concerned for Senegal. Defensively, though, I I think it's going to be very difficult for Ecuador to score. But, you know, it's the World Cup, and let's see what Ecuador can bring to the table because if Ecuador can beat Senegal with style, then this Ecuadorian team is going to be really fun to watch going forward, man. Producer Rudd, give me a poll. Oh, what's up? Daniel Carrasco, $2. This boy, Daniel, man, that man's a bum. A bum. <laughs> He's a chump. He's a chump. <laughs> and, you got five more and we got $5 from Carlos Colunga Navarro. What did you guys think of my predictions I sent last night on Instagram? I believe he sent me predictions where he had Portugal winning the tournament. Okay. One of the few guys I've seen pick Portugal. Not that they're a bad pick, but most people are going France. Most people are going Brazil, Argentina. Hell, even England, honestly. England. Yeah. But we got a Portugal believer, believer here, and so... I thought it was bold of you to put that, man. I thought it was bold of you to select them to win against, I believe it was Brazil. So, yeah. an all-Portuguese final. Uh, can you pull for me? Senegal versus Ecuador, who wins? Uh, and then do the classic Senegal, Ecuador, or draw. Yeah. I want to know what people, think, what, be, what people think will happen that game. Let me read some of these chats. 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 Miguel, if Ecuador draws on Friday, they are already through because they do face Netherlands next, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Ricky Dos Santos, Mane is the man. It's a pity that he didn't play. It's a, it, it, I, and I want to talk about that, man. This sucks. Out of all the players to miss a World Cup, the most, your, your MVP, your most valuable player for a specific team, that really does suck. Because like, I know Mexico, for example, technically going to miss Tecatito Corona, but you still have, for example, Chucky Lozano on the other side of the wing. And you have an up-and-coming Alexis Vega. But for Senegal, man... There's no other Mane, not even close. So for them to miss a player like Sadio Mane really does suck, not just for Senegal, man, but for the unbiased viewer because he would have made that game a lot more interesting and he would have made the group way, way more interesting. 100% it is a true pity that Sadio Mane is unfortunately injured for this World Cup. Sorry, we got another another, uh, donation from Khalid. Crown Prince of Saudia told the players that we expect you to lose the three games. Just enjoy your playing. Do you agree? No way. So he's saying, have fun, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> he's removing complete pleasure, pleasure, uh, pressure huh. from these Saudi players. Honestly, maybe that's a tactic because, dude, that's another thing I wanted to bring up. We, yesterday when we were talking about how poor Qatar were, we said, okay, Iran have a chance to redeem the AFC Confederation. They have a chance to redeem the Middle Eastern region as far as footballing terms are concerned. And obviously they didn't, bro. Iran got battered in today. And so for Saudi Arabia, now I'm a little worried. Now I'm actually very, very worried because Saudi Arabia are very similar to Iran and even Qatar too, as far as like how they play. They play in very similar regions, especially with Qatar. They have a very similar setup in the sense that all of their players are domestic, play in the Saudi league. So if Qatar completely underwhelmed, what is Saudi Arabia going to do, man? Mm -hmm. I do think, obviously, they're they're completely the better squad because they topped their group in qualification, man. But we keep seeing a common theme in World Cups in the sense that these Middle Eastern teams just cannot show up. They dominated qualification. Oh, yeah. Iran are yeah. probably the best qualifying team consistently for the past 10, 12 years. But they cannot get out of the group stage, whereas like Japan and South Korea, who may do a little bit worse in qualification, actually like more consistently get out yeah, of the group they get stage. Better results. They get better yeah. results. And it's just really interesting that like, the, like Iran and Saudi Arabia like maybe just can't figure out when they actually get here. And I'm, I'm actually a little worried for Saudi Arabia now, specifically because Iran and Qatar have done very poorly. I would just apply that to all of Asia. I said it in the build. I was like, Asia low-key got fucked with the groups they got drawn into, man. Yeah. Uh, Qatar already showing that they're going to struggle. Uh, Japan got put in a group with Germany and Spain, man. Yeah. South Korea with Portugal and Uruguay. Yeah. Uh, Saudi Arabia might be the team with the most hope here, man. Honestly. That's, that, that's the thing. Because Iran, so Iran got bamboozled today, yeah. and South Korea finished under them. Yeah. If this is the quality of the Iran team, how did South Korea end up being second to them? That in itself concerns me. But, hey, we got more donations, so now I'm no longer concerned. We have uh, Varun Raja saying, the leak not getting carded enough with such a scam. Such rough play and no repercussions. Also such strong defense in both teams, but strike was lacking. 
Actually, that's true. Uh, and if we can be a little bit critical from the Netherlands, man, yeah, their offensive line got completely nullified by Senegal's defense. One thing that actually surprised me was that Louis van Gaal went with Jensen. Vincent Janssen. That was surprising. That man. surprised me. I, obviously, I, I... Ex-Liga and ex. <laughs> Ex-Rayado <laughs> Vincent Janssen. But 100%. But, like, I, I always saw his role as off the bench. But when you look at Depay's recent form at Barcelona, it's non-existent. So I guess he just went with maybe the guy who plays a little bit more in Vincent Janssen. I thought Depay was active when he came on, but yeah, he was sloppy too. So I think the Netherlands going forward are going to have to figure out their offensive line. Gokpo's an X factor, but I don't think you can rely yeah, on him. Yeah, you need to use him correctly too. You, yeah, yeah, he, he's exactly. Kind of free roaming, honestly. He was everywhere. He's everywhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think he's going to be the guy you look to to give him the ball and then do something crazy with it. I think he's just going to give you a goal like today where you just don't expect it, Yeah. right? But if you need him to finish, I don't think Gokpo's your guy, yeah. at least not now. So I think that's going to be something that the Netherlands really need to figure out. But at least from a more positive perspective, I already said it. De Jong looked great, man. Oh, oh my God, oh, man. Dude, come on. Man. So come silky. On. Just getting bass players at will. Yeah. At will. And then from there, he could just pick out his pass. Who wants it? I'll give it to you. Love De Jong's play today. Yeah. Really did appreciate great. it. Who wins Senegal versus Ecuador poll? Look at these results. Senegal, 44%. Ecuador, 43%. Oh, my God. The rest is, a, is projecting a draw. That is as close as it gets, man. Fascinating. Yeah. Let me read some comments here. Jaime Membreno. Koulibaly will have Ender Valencia and Estrada on lock. I think so. Dude, Koulibaly had a great game today. And when I look at that whole back line for Senegal... Dude, they, they, they were so, so mm -hmm, physical. Mm -hmm. And I'm a, I'm a little bit worried for players, for example, like Romario Ibarra and also Ener Valencia, man. They might get pocketed against Senegal. You're, they might. You're tripping, bro. They you're might. tripping. <laughs> you're tripping. I can't wait now, man. I can't yeah, wait. Yeah, no, dude. That post-game match. That post-game yeah, analysis yeah, yeah. we do, I'm going to be talking shit to you if, if, if yeah. Ecuador wins. Well, this also goes with contention of who we have getting out of the group. Because whoever yeah. wins oh, this yeah. is getting out. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh... Let's see. Luis, Ma Luis Mayorga. Saudi Arabia needs prayers for tomorrow going against Argentina. Dude, that's the thing, though. Dude, yeah. all of these Middle Eastern teams are, are, might low-key get fucked in these first Jesus. rounds. Because Saudi Arabia have to play Argentina tomorrow, man. That's not good. No, that's not good. That's not good. That's not good. That's not good. Juan, Ro Juan Rodarte. $10 donation. Appreciate that, man. Really Thank do. you, Juan. Disappointed that we didn't see Gio Reyna for the United States. Love the podcast. Yeah. Appreciate that compliment. But on the same note. I am truly surprised that Gio Reyna didn't get minutes. I wonder if in the post-conference that Greg does, yep. there's got to be a reporter who asks him, and I wonder what his answer is going to be. I'm sure he's going to give a very surface-level answer in the sense that, oh, we didn't feel it was right for him to come on. Maybe he still has a knock. If he has a knock, that actually I think is best-case scenario because if he doesn't say he has a knock, then I'm very confused. Yeah, yeah that'd be weird. That'd be, be really, really weird. weird. Chandler Goodwin gave us a couple of dollars. Appreciate that, brother. Great guy. I've partied with that man before. Ted Cranston, two euros, I believe? Thoughts on the weirdly long injury time so far? We yeah. mentioned it earlier in the in this episode yeah, that it's uh, it seems like FIFA has approached this tournament with the idea in mind that they're going to be more, what could you say, calculated, more accurate, more anal about how much time, <laughs> more time is spent because yeah, yeah, yeah. they're like trying to be perfect about it now. Like the the time that is spent being wasted, they're truly keeping track of that, which is why we're seeing ten plus minute stoppages, bro. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why. Yeah, yeah. it's just uh, again. It really messes with how I have looked at football for my entire life. So seeing ten minutes as like an average is pretty insane. Yeah, it's yeah. so insane. Damn, another another donation, Karthik Raja. Who's this guy? Great job knocking out quality content during the World Cup, fellas. Appreciate that, brother. Another one of my close friends. Shout out Karthik Thank Raja, you, Karthik. man. Uh, let's see. Let's read some comments. Uh, thoughts on Maguire today? Well, yeah, if England had played a back three, I still had Maguire starting, honestly, alongside who was the one and only John Stones. But having Maguire over Eric Dyer, a little surprising, but also not because I said it in that English preview. Yeah. Southgate has favorites. He has favorites that he relies on no matter how mm -hmm. their form is. Pickford's one of them, and Maguire is one of them, man. And so for that reason, not necessarily surprised he ended up starting alongside John Stones. And he had a good game. Uh, Obviously, he, I don't think you can really be too hopeful, though, because it was against a weak yeah. Iran side. So there is more to be said about whether Maguire being successful or not. So I'm going to wait on the Maguire praise. But today, today he, he was, was very uh, good. He was a demon in the box. Man. Yeah, Every corner good. kick, those 
Iranian folk were scared, man. The Iranians yeah. were scared because yeah. he was a menace. Almost got that opening goal for him. Hit oh the yeah, the the post. At the post. Yeah. Another donation here from Miguel Hernandez. Love the po- love the pod, guys. The subs from USA did not work out. Ooh, they they didn't though. Yeah. Um, that's actually a really good point because one thing that actually surprised me was he brought on Brendan Aronson from Weston McKinney. So what that ended up doing, or it might have been Eunice Musa, one of the two. Yeah. It, it might have been Musa. Yeah. Either way, he uh, Greg Berhalter elected to put Brendan Aronson as a center midfielder. And I, I know he has played that position before, but right now at Leeds and in past performance for the U.S., I thought Aronson has been way more effective as just a sole out-and-out winger. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that was really interesting. He also came on like late into the game. So could he really put his foothold onto the game? I don't think that worked. Haji Wright really didn't get to touch the ball. So you could say that wasn't effective. His first touch was insane, though. Oh, like, the, literally the reception? The first, the first, the touch. first touch was a beautiful the highlight. reception. <laughs> <laughs> 100%. And then when you look at Kellen Acosta, he didn't really do anything. But I think that's just down to quality. Yeah. That's just yeah. down to quality. I, I don't expect Acosta to be better than any of our starting three midfielders. So, yeah, that, that is interesting. If I was Burhalter, I would almost always put on Brandon Aronson in the 60th, give him 30 full minutes to just go at players, and I would specifically put him on for, if he's starting way, I'd put him on for Tim Way on that right. Yeah. 100%. So, I, I agree. The subs were a little weird for Greg yeah. Burhalter. They're a little strange. And I feel like Aronson, yeah, he was in the right spot, but he also got really, they were giving him horrible passes. Man. Yeah, yeah. Feeding him really bad passes. Yeah. Uh, Khalid gave us another donation. Please tell Argentinians to win by no more than four goals. <laughs> He's like begging, man. He's begging. Please have mercy. Yeah, I could definitely see Argentina just having a hell of an entrance tomorrow at the World Cup. Yeah, dude. Getting Saudi Arabia, like that's... You need a you need a way to jumpstart your your championship hopes. This yeah. is the way to do it, man. It's legit the same England Iran setup. Yeah, that's what this is, bro. Yeah. And it, it might be the same outcome, or hey, maybe it's not, man. Maybe yeah. Irv Renard has a master plan, bro. <laughs> maybe I don't maybe. know. Though. Maybe there's one Asian team that that surprises. I just, want one. I just want one, bro. Maybe. That'd be nice, but it's not looking good. Nico Llanos, <laughs> great podcast. Please read my question below. And his question is, I wanted to know why the guy in the black shirt, that is Saltero, said Argentina won't pass Denmark, arguing we haven't played against teams like that when we destroyed Italy in the finalissima. Why? I think we'll get our answer depending on how well Denmark play in their first game. As I already kind of said, I think today specifically, obviously it's only the realistically still the first match day since yesterday was a ceremony. But I think this, in general, holistically, I think this World Cup is going to be dominated by European teams. And I'm not talking about just the Frances and Englands. I'm talking about the top mid-tier so-called European teams. I think they're going to arrive. And we already kind of saw it today with Netherlands getting a late win against Senegal. And Wales rallying against what was a dominant performance from the U.S. today in the second half, man. So I think... These European teams have a lot to say at this World Cup, and I mean a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think one of those things that they're going to say is Denmark's going to beat one of these bigger teams. I, I think Denmark have the quality. They have the team morale. I see this team just as high as England, in my opinion. They don't have the same quality. I'm not saying that. But from a team perspective, how they play, their interchange with players like Christian Eriksen, Lindstrom, uh, yeah, Lindstrom, Martin Braithwaite, Delaney. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Skull of Olsen. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then players at the back with Christensen and Anderson. And then you still have Kasper Schmeichel between the sticks. These teams are really, really talented. So for those reasons, I think this, this World Cup in general is going to be dominated by European teams. And for reference, I'm on the complete opposite side. If anyone disagrees with this, man, I probably represent your thoughts because I'm very high on South America this, this time around. Oh, yeah. I think that the heights of Brazil and Argentina will not be matched by any European team, whether it's France, England, or Germany, or whoever. I just think they're astronomically too good and in too good a form right now. Yeah. Uh, and even the smaller ones, like Uruguay and Ecuador, I think they're feisty sides. That's why I have Ecuador getting out of Group A as well. Yeah. Uruguay, I have them potentially being a dark horse in this tournament. I am on the complete other side, and that's the beauty of this podcast is that we did not plan this shit out. Yeah. This was just truly our thoughts going into the World Cup, and so it'll be interesting to continue seeing how this pans out. But... Uh, yeah, man, I'm just excited to see these European teams continue to to play the European way. No, absolutely. And just to finish, I guess, our Group A analysis, because it actually goes exactly along with that. The reason why I have Senegal going through is because all of their talent is European. 
you know, all of these Senegalese players play in Europe, whether it's France, England, Spain, or Bundesliga. They all play in Europe, and because of that, I think they're going to just outdo Ecuador. But I do have concerns now that they're missing Mane, but I still have them going through. I, I, I'm going to go Ecuador because I think they do have some European talent as well. But they do. You, you throw in that mix of South American ball flair and ability. Right. And I think that's what's going to give them that ultimate jump over a team yeah. like Senegal. So it's, it's going to be amazing to see. Yes. It's going to be amazing to see. We got another donation from Dex Seruno for tomorrow's game versus Poland. Oh, so we're going to start talking about Mexico, Poland here. We might as well. We, we should. Yeah. We should. Mexico should use Vega as our striker over Martin and the other excuse for a striker, Mori. <laughs> Agree or disagree? Um, Vega as a striker over Martin, I think there's a reality where both can play at the same time, honestly, yeah, I because I think they're in, both in very good form going into the tournament. Martin had a great semester in Liga MX, and same with Vega. He's been really good for the Mexican national team and at the club level with Chivas. Start both. Get, get Alexis Vega on the left, Martin in the middle, and Chucky on the right. I yeah. think that's the ultimate solution for this Mexican team offensively. Keep Funes Mori as far as we, as far away from the team bus, <laughs> from the hotel, yeah. from everything involving the Mexican national team. I don't yeah. see why this guy got called up over the guys like like Santi Jimenez or even like a Diego Linus. Yeah. Keep him keep him as far as way as possible. But uh, yeah, Martin should start. If anything, I think the conversation here should be: Does Jimenez, Raúl Jimenez, deserve the start over Martin? Yeah. Because throughout, throughout qualification, he was the one that started the most games, but. We didn't really see that much output from Raul this time around. No. And when any Martin got a chance, he usually did pretty well. I think he's, Martin has been solid as of late. And I think Martin is actually going to go with Martin as the number nine. Yeah. Simply because of form, as you said. I don't think Jimenez right now has the form. He's been injured for a couple months. He just got back somewhat healthy. So I think Martin actually has a good shout to start, to be honest. Sorry, drink some water. Chandler Goodwin, five bucks, just wanted to support and also looking forward to our matchup and fantasy basketball coming up. Folks, I'm a fantasy basketball addict. I'm going to come clean to you. I love a little bit of fantasy basketball here, and that's one of my friends from that uh, league. But Mexico, Poland, let's talk, bro, because mm -hmm. basically the same – we were talking about this today, the same setup for the USA where they face <laughs> off God. the other team that could compete with them in second place. Mexico's the same thing. Same Our thing. first game is against a team that could compete complete with the complete compete with us in second place. Yeah. Poland faces off against us, and I'm already starting to get nervous, man. I'm Dude. starting to get anxious. I know I'm not gonna get good sleep tonight, and I'm already am sleep deprived. <laughs> I'm not gonna get sleep You're tonight. You're not gonna get good sleep tonight, man. I'm You're not. nervous because I really don't know what Mexican team is going to show up. Is it going to be the feisty one that plays up to the level of their opponents that can even get a victory and show out with that Mexican pride? Right. Or is it going to be the team that we've kind of been seeing throughout the friendlies and the buildup, the team that we saw play against Sweden, the teams we saw in qualification that is just ultimately underwhelmed and disappointed. I'm, I'm scared. I don't want to see that because I'm completely okay if we lose against Argentina. I'm fine with that. But yeah. it's this Polish game. Let's at least do something respectful here. Mm. Let's at least show our prowess in terms of getting into the knockout stage and show us something to be proud of, man. Yeah. Something to be proud of. Because this qualification cycle has been torturous for us. Give us 90 minutes to just look back on as a highlight of these past four years. Yeah. And um, that's all I'm really hoping for, man. I want to know in the chat down below. <laughs> poll, please give me a poll right here. Mexico, Poland, who wins? Mexico, Poland, or a draw? I want to see where the people stand. What do you guys think? Trevor Young says 1-1 one, one draw Poland-Mexico. I could see that. I, I, was, see I was just about to say, even though there's so many parallels between these two CONCACAF nations, I think Mexico could actually have a very similar performance to the U.S. I'm not even kidding. The U.S. before this World Cup, their last recent games were a little dull, man. They're actually pretty dull. You could say the same thing about Mexico. Mexico, obviously, their dullness has been a lot more outstretched. But I could see Mexico really taking it to Poland in the first 30 minutes. Really just saying, fuck it, we're going at you. We need to win this game yeah. since we play Argentina next. You know they're what I like mean? Flipping off Tata while they play. <laughs> <laughs> Running down the wing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I see them just going off at Poland. But then I see Poland kind of using their European skill with players like Lewandowski, Zalewski, Zielinski, hell, even Krikowiak, who has that veteran experience mm -hmm. at the European level. I see players Maddie like Cash. that. Matty Cash, mm -hmm. yeah, uh, Glick, Kamel yeah. Glick. I see all of these players adapting to the Mexican style and then ultimately maybe getting a goal and tying it 1-1, something like that. So I, oddly enough, 
I actually see very similar thing happening in Mexico tomorrow. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it could be very similar. Yeah. Like yeah. you said, uh, a really strong start, but then it gets leveled out. Uh, let me see what people are saying. 100 votes in. My goodness. Who wins Mexico versus Poland? 50% say Mexico. I love that. I love our Mexican contingent here. Poland, 25%. Draw, 25%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good. <laughs> uh, Israel Hernandez says, Va llorar Lewandowski. Claire, let me see what uh, Patrick Winchester says. Tata is not a good coach. Uh, <laughs> Hepatitis, see you later, says. I don't want to vote. I don't want to jinx it. That makes sense, man. That makes <laughs> don't, sense. don't touch don't that poll, man. Don't, don't touch, touch the, the polls, polls, bro. Don't touch them. <laughs> tomorrow, what, let me see what other games we got scheduled for tomorrow. Off the bat, we have Argentina, Saudi Arabia to start to off. Start the, off. The, how are y'all going to handle waking up that early? I want to know, <laughs> chat. How y'all going to handle it? I mean, we had to wake up at 6 today to catch the match. and We did. I, I got like five hours of sleep. I'm tired, man. I'm tired. And now we're going to have to wake up at 3, three. because the match is at 4. Yeah. How are y'all going to handle that, man? How's y'all sleeping schedule going? I'm genuinely curious because this tournament is going to test the limits of my mental state, <laughs> my man. mental state, man. We're going to be hallucinating <laughs> coming into the week, bro. <laughs> we have... <laughs> I saw Cotemo Blanco on the pitch today. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did, did we see how good Giovanni Dos Santos was, man? He played a great fucking game. <laughs> we have Argentina against Saudi Arabia at 4 a.m., then at 7 a.m., Denmark versus Tunisia. So Denmark will be playing. That'll be fun to see. Mexico, go. Poland at 10 a.m. That'll be a night game. I'm excited to see that. That'll be nice, the lights. man. And then finally, France against Australia at 1 p.m. The yeah. French curse. Is it continuing or not? That'll be interesting to have that answered in that first match. Uh, Aaron Huey, thank goodness I'm off work for a bit. Dude, honestly, yeah, honestly, that's, that's how to Hell do it. Yeah. That's how to do it, man. We're out here just trying to figure that out. Um, Savage Sound says, home office sweating every game. <laughs> 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 just in his office sweating. Felix, Felix Gutierrez, 4 a.m. Argentina game here in San Antonio. I have my alarms ready. Hell Damn. yeah. Um, easy. Coffee, coffee, coffee. Gerald Davis, 2 a.m. here in California. JFK says France to the shadow realm. I, I really like how many people are pushing for the France France to like falter agenda. Dude, bro. Let's talk about France playing tomorrow against, Argent uh, against Australia. Australia. Yeah. yeah, I actually want to start with Australia real quick because the hell do you have to I say? might have to apologize because I had Australia and, and Costa Rica as the weakest teams at this tournament. <laughs> I think I was wrong. Like, I, I, know, I want to apologize to all Australians and may, but maybe Costa Ricans. I'll go ahead and say that now. I apologize because y'all are not the worst team at this tournament. No, There's just not no way. Close. I, Australia, I think, actually will put in a solid performance, as they always do. But, yeah, they're still weak, and I think France will do them in. <laughs> Here's a poll idea. <laughs> Who's worse, Iran or Qatar? Yeah. I want to see what people are saying. I think Qatar's worse. I think Slightly worse, because Iran was able to get two. Two on England. Could have been three. Iran got two. Could have been three. If Asmund finished his shot. Yeah. But uh, still both pretty lifeless performances from both teams lifeless man uh yeah no apology accepted not i'm representing no, the rep yeah, please, I'll, please. I'll represent it because yeah we went off on the australian team yeah. even ghana too i remember i threw them into that okay, category okay okay yeah they're, they've been a lot better they've been a lot better than yeah and they'll, they'll, they'll be they'll, a lot better they'll, they'll be teams. a lot better man there, there's yeah. no i i truly don't think australia will play as bad as iran and qatar have i really don't think they will even though like their quality actually is lesser <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is crazy <laughs> yeah. they're just more unified and they just have a lot more belief in how they play it's pretty crazy. <laughs> Karthik Raja is Saltero's grudge against Costa Rica purely based on them not letting him in the stadium when he visited. <laughs> <laughs> that scarred me, man. That scarred the fuck out of me. Yeah, even holding it against them, man. It's been yeah. a year since. Let it go, brother. Let it go. Denmark Tunisia. I have Denmark winning that match. I do. I do. I do. It'll be tight though. That's gonna I, be tight. I, I I hope Tunisia show up. I really, really do. Again, I, I gave them a lot of praise for what they were in our preview for them. Yusuf and Sakni. It's his time to shine as a veteran now for this team. But I, again, I'm I'm really high on these Euro teams, and I think Denmark is gonna be one of them, man. I re I really do. Yeah. And yeah. I think Denmark hopefully have a really good opener to this tournament. I'm, I'm going to be rooting for Denmark. I'm just going to be yeah. very open with that. Uh, so let, let's see what happens there. Right. So I, I got Denmark winning it. I have France winning it. Uh, Careful. What was the... Mexico-Poland? Mexico-Poland, yeah. I want to do this one. Um, Where, oh God. I got Mexico winning, brother. Hey, come on, man. I say, I say, come on, man. Now, it'll be, it'll be, for Mexico, it'll be no better than a draw. Like, the best y'all do is, I think, is a draw. Thing is, I, I 
would probably take that at the end of the day because then it comes down to kind of like the U.S. situation. How well can you perform against Argentina and Saudi Arabia? And I and think Mexico – If I'll take my chances what's with Poland. That's the thing. What's interesting is that if Mexico get that draw against Poland and lose respectably to Argentina, then they'll know let's just go off on Saudi Arabia. Let's just score as many goals as we can and risk it. And if Argentina like just outdo Poland in that final game, maybe Mexico will do well. So a draw would not even be close to the end of the world for nah, Mexico. Nah, yeah. A loss would be really bad, though. Finally, it's Argentina <laughs> against Saudi Arabia. And I want to ask the viewers, what do you predict Messi's stats will be for tomorrow? Oh my God. Hat trick, maybe hat trick of goals, maybe a hat trick of assists. Maybe he stays quiet. Maybe he's like Harry Kane today where he, he had like an assist here or there. doesn't get a goal, but the team pounces on Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Two goals. I predict... I got Messi scoring a brace. Okay. I got goals. him scoring a brace. We'll see about assists, but a brace for sure. Two yeah. goals to start off his uh, his championship uh, uh, journey. What is what is interesting about this, and I haven't really been able to speak on it, is one thing I am leaving out as far as like Argentina making it far in this tournament or playing a team like Denmark. I'm completely leaving out Messi's prowess, Messi's legendary status, his godlike ability on the ball. I haven't really uh, included that into any of my analysis, mainly because I kind of <laughs> treat Messi as like truly a god out on that mm -hmm. pitch. So a deity. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like he's, he's his own man, and he has the power to change the result of a game alone, single-handedly. That's very hard to do when there's 11 other players out on that pitch on your team, but Messi is one of the few players ever to be able to decide a game on his own. So that is that that does yeah, get very that, interesting. Brother. Think about that. That brother. gets very interesting because if it's tight, one one nil nil, and it's 80, 83rd minute, and Messi sees a pass that only Messi sees, that might be able mm -hmm. to get Argentina very far in this tournament. I'm gonna I'm look over and you're just gonna be on your knees, just yeah, just praying, like praying. praying. I'm like, what the hell happened? I thought you were anti-Argentina. <laughs> you're just like you got the jersey on and everything. All of a sudden, like what the hell? That's but the thing. It's the power of Messi. It's right? the power of Messi. Power of Messi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not anti-Messi by any means. If anything, if Messi ends up having like the most legendary tournament, I will go out and buy an Argentina shirt and be very happy with it. But yeah, that is something I mean, how that, could you not, man? Right, yeah. and, and that, that is one thing I just wanted to say is I'm not including that, and I think that actually is a fault of my analysis. As I probably should actually include that into how far Argentina can go because, bro, it's messy, man. And it not only is it messy, but it's the most hungriest I've ever seen Messi in an international shirt. Oh, yeah. And that has to mean Surrounded something. by the best team I've seen him be surrounded right. with, man. The chemistry right. is insane. The coach is great. Scaloni doing a great job. Yeah. I'm just excited to see him finally at the World Cup stage tomorrow. I'm excited. It's like a light game for them to just go and take care of business with. Yeah, and yeah. then it's just going to slowly build from there for them. Let me read some of these comments. Oh... Uh, who is worse, Iran or Qatar? Oh, wow. 90% saying Qatar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, no, I, thought, fair, I thought it'd be a little bit closer. My bad. Matthew <laughs> Anaya, two goals, two assists for Messi. Tommy Well, one goal, two assists. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got some Polish folk down here. Sean B, I do hope Messi and Ronaldo have good matches this year. I think it will just add to their legend. That's yeah. True. No, yeah. absolutely, man. Where are some of the super chats? We got Varun Raja came back. Iran lost because they lost their main keeper. Nah, I don't think so. Not at all. Those those shots that England were putting up were just unstoppable. Unstoppable, There was man. like a number of them, too, where the backup goalkeeper was just still. Yeah. Because he couldn't do anything. He, he would either go over anything, him. Ukayo Saka, when he just passed the ball into the back of the net. Yeah. yeah, I don't think it had anything to do with the keeper. Yeah. Um. England were yeah. genuinely just way too good for Iran yeah. in yeah. every single position. Yeah. All right. All right. Not here says waking up in California sucks. LOL. I was up at 5 a.m. to watch England smash Iran. Yeah. The smash, bro. <laughs> ay, smash. ay, ay. Federico Franco. I won a final Portugal versus Argentina. Ah, storybook. 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 And it's I'd crazy. love that. I'd love that. Fuck, man. We are a month away at this point from knowing if that's going to be the final. Oh, yeah. I cannot wait, man. Looking great so far. Anything else you want to share? How you feeling? I think we pretty much hit every point as far as the games today and even the games tomorrow, man. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think we're good to go. Guys, I think we're going to end it there. I think we're going to end All it right, there, man. Yeah. Great match day. It was good to just get back-to-back -back games finally, Dude. man. That was a fucking... I feel amazing, bro. Yeah. And tomorrow we have one more extra game now. So, so excited, man. So excited, man. So excited. We got some good ones. We got some good ones. So we'll see you guys tomorrow, man. I hope but that by the time I am talking to you folks tomorrow, I am in a Mexico jersey, smiling from cheek to cheek with my hands up high. Uh. And I hope that all of us can just congregate 
and celebrate a huge Mexico victory, man. Let's put some good energy up in the air. Let's have some good vibes going into this game because we'll need it, man. We'll need it. My Mexicans stand up. Mexicans stand up. I feel like I'm like in the locker room right now trying to get my folks hyped. All right, guys, we'll catch y'all soon and uh, we'll just see what happens tomorrow. Peace, guys.